Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Woo! Happy Father's Day to everyone. Before I get into my message that I want to share with you today, I want to rejoice. The Lord has trusted a family in our church with another child to mold and shape and direct her. And on May 31st, I'm happy to report that Olivia Claire Blunk was born. And we are grateful. Could you stand either mom or dad or where she's at? Where's the baby? Is the baby in here? Oh, there you are. I see you. Okay. There's a happy father on Father's Day. And we honor, of course, the Robledo family and all those that are tethered to this beautiful bundle of joy. So to the Blunks, codenamed Blunksters, we honor you. We salute you and congratulations. God has trusted you with another precious little soul. And God will help you and this church will back you up. And again, we are so happy for all of you. Amen, amen. Again, happy Father's Day. If you're able to stand with me this morning, the gospel according to Luke. Thank you again for those that are streaming online. We welcome you. Glad that you are here. I'm just going to read one verse in the Gospel of Luke. But I will say this, that I have preached this verse before. Many ways, several occasions. But I never noticed and I never saw the path that I'm getting ready to drill down on. So I want you to just walk with me with this. The Bible says, And he arose and came to his father, meaning the prodigal son. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The backstory. So what we would call as the prodigal son. He takes inheritance, goes off and lives a crazy wild life, runs out of money and wants to come back home. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This Father's Day, I want to preach to you on this subject matter, just simply two words, be there. Be there. Lord Jesus, once again, I humbly come into the Holy of Holies with your people, asking that there would be no distractions, God, no interruptions, but the Spirit of God will flow and touch any heart that's hurting, any void, any vacancy, any pain, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord, would unctionize me as a pastor, as a father, that I would minister and bring hope and value to this day in all lives, regardless of what they feel. I pray the Holy Ghost would help us. In the precious name of Jesus, if you receive the prayer, would you shout back, amen? Amen. 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 God bless you for standing this morning. You may be seated. Be there. I might add to that. Read the room. I realize we are in the baseball season. 
hot dogs, apple pie, family vacations. And since it's Father's Day, I thought I would share an interesting story with you. You see, Tim Burke was a major league pitcher for the Montreal Expos with the potential of baseball years ahead of him. He retired at the age of 33 years old. The question that follows up is why? Tim, why would you do that? Playing in the major leagues. Most people don't make it to the major leagues. You see, Tim and his wife, Christine, could have no children. Over time, they were led to adopt four Korean children with all special needs. As Tim realized the demands that this put on his wife, the mother, she became a doctor, mover, plumber, secretary. He decided to give up the game he loved in order to manage his household. He was a major league dad playing in the major leagues. Christina, his wife, was particularly moved by her husband's decision for a number of reasons. She knew how much he loved baseball, but realized through his decision how much he loved God, her, and their children. Christine was especially touched by Tim's dedication to their children because her father had left before she was born also. She had never known her father's unconditional love. Her father's decision, although a puzzlement to many, her husband rather, to the baseball community and the fans, was not clear to them, but his decision was clear for their family. He wanted to be there. It stands as an excellent example of good decision-making in the midst of society which family values are in decline. There is another effective father whose decision to be there. It's the plight of the prodigal son. The primary message of the prodigal son is that he came to himself. He repented of his sins, and thus he was restored the relationship with his father. And I preached that many times. I understand that. But did you ever consider or did you ever wonder what had happened to this young man, the prodigal, if the father was not waiting in the pathway as he made those humbling steps back home? Let's concentrate just on one scripture. The gospel according to Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, it appears to me that there are phrases here that provide sound wisdom for the man of God who desires to be an effective father. Father's Day in some cases can be hurtful. Father's Day in some cases can be fragile. Father's Day in some cases can be exciting. And so I understand with a crowd here this size and those that are streaming online, when you mention Father's Day, not necessarily good thoughts could or may come to mind. But I think what is so conspicuous to me in the Gospel of Luke, the phrase where he said, but while he was afar off, while the son was afar off. You see, I get the distinction, Brother Blair, that his father, although loving his son and letting him go was painful, he never stopped praying until his son's safe return. What do you do when your children are afar off? Maybe they're not living close to you. Maybe the relationship is afar off. Maybe they're afar off from God. That can range from being at college, not living up to your expectations, or what God's expectations are for them, or to making a life of chaos and their rebellion against authority, 
or maybe growing up faster than necessary, or the lack of appreciation for all that you do on their behalf. So I just say, what do you do when you have a child in that situation? You see, the advice that we receive from the parable is to be there, what I call read the room. The prodigal's father did not give up, but he exercised patience. That can only happen if the father is drawing close in a relationship with his children, which I think what would make a difference, what precedes that, is a father drawing close to his heavenly father in a relationship with God that enables him to trust, that enables him to give, because we know that our heavenly father is the perfect father. We are humanity. We make mistakes. We say the wrong things. We overreact. Maybe in some cases we underreact. And, and we're looking for the balance. We're looking for the manual. How do I be a perfect father? And I know there are some among us, maybe you didn't have a perfect example that you could follow in the footsteps. Maybe you didn't shadow a perfect dad so that you could be a perfect dad. And maybe you gravel today looking back on your life like the video and, hey, am I doing it right? Did I do it right? Will I end this life as a good father? My message to us this morning is to just be there. Be there for your family, dads. Be there for your kids. It's not always convenient and being a father is not a life of convenience. It's a life of obligation, and Brother Blair said it so well, a life of honor. A father. It's been said long before me, anybody can be a dad, but not everybody can be a father. Help us to be godly fathers, to lead our family into the paths of righteousness, and to have the blessings of God upon our life. And all of us wise adults among us know that all the answers come from this right here. It's the word of God. It's a message from God. It's a song from God. It's a time alone from God. And if I understand that my relationship with God has a direct correlation with my relationship as a father to my children, then maybe in some cases I might work harder on my father relationship on my heavenly father's side. You see, Tim Burke's close relationship with the Lord enabled him to make what others would consider a crazy decision a little more easier. For those of you that have been through the tough moments with your sons and daughters, it requires some spiritual staying power, some believing. We always say, and we use it at Mother's Day, there's no more powerful prayer than a praying mother. But since today's Father's Day, I'm going to say there's nothing more important to kids more than, Dad, that you are just there that you would read the room of your children and let not the busyness of life and not hiding behind a job and 40 and 50 hours a week and making money, and that's all needful, that's all necessary, but that's a piece of the puzzle in the box of who a father is. There's times alone. There's help. There's homework. There's just being there. And I know that I'm preaching to a group of people that if we compared notes, all, not all the notes would line up and they would all be identical. 
But this is what I know, and I thought this morning that regardless of the father connection you had with your father, and maybe some of your fathers, I know my wife and her sister, father's not here today, first time ever in 79 years. So Father's Day can be painful. Father's Day can be hurtful. If you're a father and you're listening to me today online or in person, I always go back to this, you know, be the father that you wanted your father to be. If fatherhood is a jaded view of what father is in a relationship, what father did you expect your father to be? And then we have the ability, we have the desire, we have the quest to be that right father for our kids and let not another generation grow up thinking what we thought, perhaps if you're thinking bad thoughts on Father's Day. But I'm here to give you a message of hope. I'm here to give you a message of happy Father's Day. And even if you're not a father here and you're a female, maybe you're not even married and there are no kids in the picture, but somewhere we have all had a father in life. And I, I think that positioning ourselves like the prodigal father to establish a spiritual foundation while it is easy with our kids at home to do so I believe as a pastor, I've pastored long enough and I've had to counsel families and I've had to counsel moms and dads about kids. And the sooner you start being a father, the easier it is when they get older. Because my feeling and my opinion and my view is the older they get, the cement hardens. And it's hard to make changes in that cement that's hard as a rock. So I would just say to the fathers that are listening to me this morning in person or online, I would say happy Father's Day. And if you look back and maybe it's not that happy to you, maybe you can look ahead with the help of God that say, God, I'm going to be a great father. I'm going to be an amazing father. I'm going to make some changes. God, I'm asking you to help me be that father that my children deserve to have as a godly father. That we would bring value to their life and we would bring purity and we would bring a sure foundation of training them in the ways of God. Why? Because we are in the house of God and we know as adults how valuable the word of God is and the people of God and the house of God. And I don't want my kids and I don't want my grandkids drifting off from this. And so while they are young and they are moldable and why I have them under my care, I've got to do everything I can to teach them how to love God. And this is what I know. If they love God, they will love dad. Because you can't love God and hate your parents. So the sure way is, again, to love both fathers, the Heavenly Father and me, Brother Foster, is to show them how I love God and then teach them how to love God themselves. And when they love God, they automatically love their earthly dad. And I want to encourage us that beyond our ability, beyond the ability of the prodigal father, was a compassionate heart of mercy. And God was showing through the prodigal father. Imagine having your temper or a need for retribution to check what you want to demonstrate outside mercy and compassion. The father was there with open arms he was there. That's the point I want you to take away, that he was there. And I think if you were wise, that you would grade yourself. Have I been there for my family? Have I been there for my kids? Have I been the father that I've envisioned to be? When I was in high school, when I became a young adult, I'm going to be a father someday. And whatever you thought at that moment, are you accomplishing that father image today? Yeah. 
The answer is less than a resounding yes, and I'm praying that God helps you. Make a mid-course correction and get back on track what you thought and you felt a great father was. I realize that some of the reasons that fathers that maybe sit among us or watch online, maybe we grew up with dysfunctional adults. We grew up in an atmosphere, in an environment that we never heard the words, I love you. We never heard the words, you're forgiven, coming from a compassionate father. And so maybe that's molded us a little bit to who we are. It happens because a father leaves a marriage or his role as a father. Things like that happen. It impacts the environment where the children are, where the family live and reside. It happens because a father has never experienced God's forgiveness of him. Therefore, forgiving others, particularly of his own children, becomes insurmountable. It happens because the models he grew up with were negative or worse yet abusive. And so maybe I'm preaching to some people here this morning that you've been in those environments and that was kind of life to you. But I'm here to offer another suggestion this morning on this beautiful Father's Day. Is that we can shift the tide and flip the script as they might say and say, you know what, I'm going to work very hard at being a great, amazing father. Because next June in 2022, there's going to be another Father's Day. And I want to sit somewhere with my family and my children and say, you know what? I made great strides. I didn't have a good role model. Maybe I didn't even grow up in church and I didn't even understand this relationship with the Heavenly Father. I never even heard of the prodigal son, much less the prodigal father. This is all new stuff to me, but it interests me and I want to do better. I think every father wants to do better. I think every father wants to get better. It's the help of God that will enable us to do that. Can you shout amen? amen? Consider what our children, you want your children to remember of most. If you're going to err on the side of the parental ledger, it seems that erring on the side of compassion and caring is the side to err on. You see, Luke 15 and 20 says that the father forgave him. And the response was, the text says, he put his arms around him and he kissed him. Do you think the prodigal son was forgiven? I think so. Was the dad hurt? I think so. Was, does the dad wish his son would have listened to him? I think so. But what is so significant to me and my takeaway is that the father was there looking for the son. And on that given day, when the son came to his senses and finally made his way back home, on that day, the father was there again. The foster, I don't really know for sure, but how many times did the father go out to the path and the gate and there's no son? And he walks back defeated and deflated, telling mom, hey, he didn't come home today. I don't know how many trips he went out, how many discouraging round trips that he made his way back. But this day was different. And the takeaway, I think, for the prodigal son, that there was a dad there at the day that he decided to come back and make things right. And that dad was there. Mm. And he put his arms around him according to the story and kissed him. You could gloss over that and think, hey, the father just picked up where he left off. He probably did. Then the festival that followed Kind of was the icing on the cake, but his father had no room for doubt that he loved his son. And he forgave his son. And he immediately put his arms around him and he hugged him. 
You see, many fathers still need to know that a hug given at the right time beats a brand new bicycle. A hug given at the right time beats a brand new glove or an iPad every time. Many parents try to buy their kids affection or respect when in many cases a little verbal and physical affection is all that is required at that moment. Come on, dads, be there. Be there, dad. Some fathers say beyond being the recipient of a new tie or being envisioned by my children as merely a provider or disciplinarian, I would like to be an effective father. And so I just say, dads, can we work on the coming 12 months and just be there? Can you think back to the prodigal dad? You see, the story is a prodigal son. But my takeaway today, Randy, is a prodigal father. Hurt, pain, despair, maybe a little bit of anger. But what I can't get past this morning is that he was there. I'm stuck right there. What's my takeaway? Lord, help me to be there. Emotionally. Spiritually. Physically. The foster that I could just be there and be a great dad. And here's the beautiful thing about all of us. We're still alive and we have an opportunity to be that great dad. We all want our children to love us. We all want our children to have a relationship with us, and we want one with them as, as well. But dads, let me just tell you this morning as I close that the responsibility is upon us. It's incumbent upon us to be there and read the room. Why? Because that's what dads do. We are the adult. We are the parent. God, help us to be there for our families and our children. If you could stand with me this morning, and as you're doing that, fathers, I want to challenge you. And let me just expand the word fathers into mothers that are pulling double duty. You are the mother of your children in some odd way. You're the father of the children. I know you're the biological mother, but where you are in life right now, you got to be both. I honor you. I bless you. This message is for you. Again, the relationship with my family in part is paralleled with my relationship with God. How much do I love God? How much do I love the kingdom of God and the family of God? How great is our heavenly Father? He is great.
And in all of our lives and our hurts and our wounds, all of our setbacks and disappointments, we all know that our Heavenly Father has always been there and has never harmed us and has never hurt us. We know that. So if God's Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, lives inside of me, Brother Tony, then in some way I have a way to be like my Heavenly Father if I work at that. It does not elude me. It does not evade me. No, it's within reach. And so dads and moms pulling double duty, I want to pray a blessing and anointing upon all of you. That whatever memory this day brings, that somehow the bomb of Gilead will be put up on that memory and it becomes a great memory like only God can do. That we really can say, Happy Father's Day. That we really can enjoy this day with the help of God. Fathers, I honor you. We cannot build a church without fathers. Society would be worse off without fathers. And maybe it's where it's at now because there are not enough fathers adhering to what I'm preaching about today. And the households and the families and the kids are left to themselves to figure it out on the streets. We need godly fathers. If we're going to turn the world and society around, we need godly dads that say, you know what? I'll own this. I own it. I'm a dad. And I'll do a good job. And I'll train my kids to be a great dad. So I'm just asking you, dads and moms pulling double duty, just be there. Be there and read the room and make a difference. Dads, moms, double duty, let me pray for you. Lord, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord, I take this Father's Day, which for some are happy Father's Day, and for some it's a painful memory. But I take both situations, God, and I'm asking you to put the balm of Gilead upon every heart, upon every mind and spirit, and do what only you can do, God. Do what only the Spirit can do, God, that we've tried on our own. And mend any relationships with children. Huh. That you would bring those back together, God, and that the dads and the moms pulling double duty, God, that we would be anointed to do this and to be there. And that we would be godly in our quest. I ask this blessing upon every father listening online or in person, upon every mother that's being a father online or in person. God, I anoint them. I order their steps. Lord, that you would give them extra strength and power to be what you've called them to be for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, we pray the prayer. And I bless the people of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.